0: If you or someone you know is contemplating suicide or is in crisis, please dial 288 for the National Suicide and Crisis Prevention Center. They're open 24-7, 365 days per year.
1: Hey, it's time for an apple fritter. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple.
0: Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day's The Fritter. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How you feeling today, my friends? You feeling good? You are feeling strong? You are feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. We've got a good one for you today. What do you do when grief is actually making you feel sick? Literally making you feel sick. Now, you know, grief makes you feel blue, it makes you feel sad, but what happens when it's attacking your body? It's making you physically sick. That's what we're talking about today. So sit back, relax,
1: and let's get started here. What to do when you are literally sick with grief? It's a harsh reality that losses happen to us all. Whether you're mourning the death of a loved one, or recoiling from the end of a relationship, or leaving a job, or experiencing any other life-altering loss, it's only natural to have some downright tough days ahead. While we'll all grieve in our own particular ways, there are similarities in the way people experience loss. And in addition to emotional upheaval, many of us will experience physical symptoms of our grief. Grief is a normal and natural process. It's how we as humans react to a loss in our life. Anything that feels like a loss can trigger our grief response. And that can cause a wave of emotional and behavioral symptoms, as well as effects on our physical well being. The way grief affects us and how we cope with it will be different from person to person and situation to situation. You may grieve the loss of a beloved pet differently from the loss of financial stability after filing for bankruptcy. Or your response to losing a grandparent who passed away from a long illness may be different from how you mourn when a friend is in a fatal accident. There's no right or wrong way to grieve, but whatever the loss, it's normal for grief to come with some big feelings that tend to follow certain patterns. One of the most popular theories of how we experience grief comes from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages. Denial. Not quite wrapping your head around the loss, or trying to muster through life without fully confronting your grief. Anger. Feeling irritable, lashing out or blaming yourself or others for your loss. Bargaining. Often taking the form of, if only, thinking, as in, if only I would have called, I would have been able to save them. Depression. Different from clinical depression, grief pression is more directly tied to your loss and can include feelings of sadness, tearfulness, and a loss of hope. Acceptance. Learning to live with your loss as a new normal. The stages of grief are better thought of as an interconnected web, rather than points on a straight line. Not everyone will experience all these stages for every loss, and the effects of grief aren't something that everybody goes through nice and neatly. It's not necessarily sequential or linear, meaning that one day you might find yourself tearing up as you listen to a song you enjoyed with a loved one who passed away, depression. And then, you suddenly think to yourself that you should text them to tell them you're thinking of them, denial. And then you can become enraged at them for passing away and leaving you alone, anger. In that way, the stages of grief are a bit of a pinball game, where you're the ball and get whacked by a metaphorical flipper every now and again, bouncing and bumping all over the place. As you ping-pong through various aspects of grief, one constant remains. Grieving is stressful. And stress can throw your physical health some curveballs. Stress is anything that requires us to change or adapt, and when we experience a loss, we have no choice but to try to adapt. The stress of living with grief can certainly exacerbate physical symptoms that we may have already been experiencing, and it can trigger some new effects out of the blue. It's normal and common for the stress, and therefore, grief, to manifest itself in some changes to your physical well being, such as aches and pains, chest pains or a feeling like your heart is racing, exhaustion or trouble sleeping, headaches, dizziness or shaking, high blood pressure muscle tension or jaw clenching, stomach or digestive problems, and weakened immune system, which can leave you more vulnerable to contagious diseases. How you feel your grief physically can mimic the ways your body has responded to stress in other situations, too. Some people are more prone to headaches. So, when they're stressed, they are probably going to get more headaches. Same with people who are more prone to stomach aches or nausea. Stress and grief have a way of exacerbating discomfort where our bodies are already most vulnerable. The grieving process can be a long journey, and starting with addressing your physical well-being is the first step. Get back to the basics. If you think of life as a house, the foundation of your house is taking care of your body. Without a solid base, the rest of the house isn't going to hold up. Building your foundation can include things like, getting enough sleep, Eating healthy foods, exercising, getting out into nature, and staying hydrated. Grief must be witnessed to be healed. We all have a story. Telling your story can be healing. How and with whom you share your thoughts may look different to different people. Sharing your thoughts, feelings, and memories with your friends or family members can help you process your grief. If they, too, are grieving the loss, you can bond over shared memories and talk about what you're each experiencing if it feels comfortable and safe for you to do that. If sharing your grief out loud doesn't feel good at the moment, journaling can also help you unpack your grief. Other sources of grief support can include religious leaders and groups, support groups, virtual or in-person, and licensed mental health providers. Living with grief can be like living in a fog. But eventually, the clouds must lift, and you'll forge ahead with life in a new way. It's also important to give yourself some grace as you move ahead. Getting back engaged in your life with chores and work, or whatever it is, can help you recover. But you have to also be gentle with yourself right now. Too often we try to rush the process and throw ourselves back into the deep end before we've really done ourselves the favor of reflecting and feeling. Trying to ignore, or stifle your grief can just prolong the process and wind up making you feel worse. Grief that continues for an extended period of time or that includes severe emotional or physical symptoms should be addressed by a healthcare provider. If you're getting out of bed, you're going to work or you're resuming your regular activities, even on a slower or less intense basis, you're probably doing okay. But if you can't re-engage in activities of daily living, that may be indicative of a problem. Or if someone is feeling suicidal, that is indicative of a problem that deserves immediate medical attention. If you are having problems that seem too difficult to handle on your own, or you have had thoughts of suicide or hurting yourself, please call the National Suicide and Crisis Hotline by dialing 288. I'm going to turn this back over to Jimmy.
0: Thanks, David. And I want to thank you, the listener, for being here today. Now, I don't know if you listened yesterday to the full podcast, It was an interview with Carol Slusky, and the title was, This Mother's Disability is a Broken Heart. That was a powerful interview. You might want to go back and check it out if you didn't hear it. And I want to let you know we have a great interview coming up this weekend with Jim Gavin. He's the founder and CEO of Key of Awesome Music. He's a singer, songwriter, and an author, as well as a musician who plays all the instruments on his records. He's, records, I'm dating myself, right? <laughs> he's He's got new releases coming out. The guy's excellent. He is excellent. He's also a teacher of children with developmental disabilities. He teaches the music, and this guy is just a really all-around good guy, so you're not going to want to miss this interview. We've had him on the podcast before. This is an update. That's coming out this weekend. Now, I want to remind you of something. No one ever went blind by looking at things from the bright side. So give it a shot, my friends. And do me a favor. Be the reason somebody smiles. You're going to love the feeling that you get from doing this. Give them a wave. Give them a handshake. Give them a pat on the back. Pay them a compliment make them smile. It's going to make you feel so good that you're going to want to do it over and over and over again. It's a great habit to get into. It's a great addiction to have. It's one of the good ones to have. So be the reason somebody smiles. We're going to be back again tomorrow with another apple fritter. That's another great addiction to have. Listening to the apple fritter every day. My name is Jimmy Apple. You've been listening to An Apple of Days, The Fritter. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Have a great one today, my friends.
1: Join Jimmy tomorrow for another Apple Fritter. In the meantime, stop over at our YouTube group page, Living With a Disability. Join in the conversation and make some new friends. See you next time.